And we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. What is going on, my good friends around this table this evening? You nailed that one. I know. That wasn't two minutes, though. It was not two minutes. I was writing you a message over here, and you got done before I got through it. <laughs> I was holding this little thing that said, tag that behind them Helgramites. Oh, yeah. So you get that down bottom, and I'll be right up above it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a, a little minnow that Ryan Evans tied for us. It's just like a little gummy-type minnow, but it's super small. It'd be kind of like feel like them riffle smallmouth when you're trying to like bounce like a Helgramite in front of them. Tag this little thing back there. Oh, Ooh. man. Oh, Mark and I went on a venture yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, we found some good places. We found some bad places. We found everywhere in between, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, one thing. Before, uh, before anyone starts listening to this show, uh, Barely Live just came out with a new episode. First one in like a year. You guys should all just pause this when you're listening. Pause it right now and go listen to Barely Live. And we are back. Okay. <laughs> now that you've caught up with them, you can listen to us. They've been hiatus for a while, huh? <clears throat> well, Mike, he's a ICU nurse. Uh-huh. And he didn't want to be around anyone. So, you know, it, it's hard doing it remote. We did it for a couple weeks. It really sucks. Yeah. Oh, it, it's terrible. It sucks. So, uh, can't blame him for... For not one to it makes for fun together. tying nights, but it doesn't make for fun podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, hey, look, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Man, who? This uh, week's show is brought to you by <laughs> Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Sims Fishing. SimsFishing.com. Hey, tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. I want to take a second there, too, for all you that are listening that order from me, and I know quite a few of you do, thank you, because this last couple months has been just absolutely ridiculous. The orders have been on top of each other, and I very much appreciate it. Keep me glued to the vice, and I'll be glued there the rest of this month for sure. But also, they're all tied on A-Rex hooks. PR320 stingers, TP610, 6 aughts. All your musky flies coming from A-Rex. Find them at A-Rex.com. Queen City Gatting. QueenCityGuiding.com. Hey, check out Why Not Fishing and their app, The Dock. Yeti, pull for the wild. We get that? We missed that? No, you got it. Perfect. How about Sims? Did we do Sims? Yep. Yes, we did. All right. Good shape. Hey, I think we're done, guys. Yes. All right, let, let's call our night. Okay. And we're back and we're again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, hey, uh, speaking about Urban Fly Company and all the time you've been doing, you put some flies up for auction. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that, what it was for and... Uh, just what happened with the auction? So I know a lot of you guys listening um, probably seen, but Justin Aldrich, a tires, specializes in trout. So that's, that's his livelihood. This is his career, and he, uh, from what I understand, has Crohn's disease extremely bad. So he's been in the hospital, hasn't been a device tie-in, and uh, quite a few, few people are doing an auction. So threw a couple together, what, Thursday night, and by Saturday, one of our listeners, Rick Ayler, had the winning bid. So thanks, Rick. Thanks, everybody that participated in that. We had a few bids there, started off and got up to 175, and that was awesome, you guys. Hot damn. So, little donation over to Justin. They have the GoFundMe page. That is through. Do you know um, any of the details was, for yeah, that? Yeah, I was actually just going to. It's all. We can filibuster if you want to look it up. Shorepoint Flyworks. If you go to Shorepoint Flyworks on Instagram, right on, he has a link right on his page. 
And that's going to go right to a GoFundMe. And last I saw, I think everybody bumped him up over ten grand right now. Heck so. yeah, man. Hey, that's good. That's great for the yep. fly fishing community. Absolutely. He's still, I guess, awaiting, from what I understand, awaiting surgery. But they're kind of getting everything settled there. So hopefully, hopefully here will be soon. He can get, get back to you know making a living, supporting the family. Yeah, man. But no, it's awesome for the community what they've done there. Yeah, and thank you for doing that for him. So, um, do we want to talk about our adventure yesterday? Yeah, why not? We got time. How much? What was it? Oh, we got oh, we, we got plenty we of got time. got plenty of time. <laughs> I yeah. just didn't know if we wanted to talk about it. Sure, why not? <laughs> so, uh, Mark and I were off, and Jay, you. We'll talk about what we did before that. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Like after that, we're yeah, gonna, not going chronologically. Okay. So I got home from working on my boat, and uh, I called Mark. I said, "Hey, let's uh." Let's go for a ride. Let's go check out some new boat launches. Go explore a little bit. Like, just areas that we haven't been, but we've had our eyes on Google, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, the first three or four spots we went to were total and complete busts. Yeah, we were about <laughs> 400 foot above the water. When there was a bridge, yeah, you could be skydiving off of it. It looks like there's tracks below it, like like tracks to get to the river. Yeah, <laughs> they're train tracks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we we had hit a couple complete busts. One place was all gated. One place was a boat launch, but it was gated off. It didn't, uh, want, didn't want any of our uh, our hooligans and shenanigans going in there. Uh oh. Um, and then after that, we're like, oh, How, pretty big. Mm, water yeah 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 well, yeah. yeah yeah pretty yeah. big that's big water it's yeah that's what it seems it's probably i'd say gainy size hmm. so yeah it's but it's it's pumping right now a little bit i shouldn't say pumping but it's oh sure it's, our, it's well our above shit's pumping so yeah. it's pumping it, yep. it's cold muddy and <laughs> and a little bit high um but after that we said let's let's go check a feeder to this and we went and checked a feeder to it we couldn't find any access to that thing either. God, we're we're striking out. What that was gnarly water there though. Yeah, it looked, it looked. Yeah, it looked like it'd be fun, but yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like it's pretty gnarly. Even through the Google later machine, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I checked it out. It looked gnarly as fuck. Well, I haven't. I have an app. It's called um, Above All That. It doesn't though. Yeah, Above that? All That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's just the lower end of that that has we're, it. The whole it upper must end. Be just going straight downhill at that it point. It does, or something. and it's just like a canyon through there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I, deep. Or I mean. It, Gorge wise, <laughs> looks like some giant rocks and shit. Though I have the American Whitewater app on my phone, mm-hmm. and I was reading about that river. And there's like class four rapids, and they're ah, all named, yeah. and it, it tells you routes to go through. Like you, ah. go, you go through this chute, and at the big rock, you you back row hard, and yeah, it's it's pretty in depth. Now that water looked money, really nice green. It was just it was perfect. It's just getting to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to start way high and just go the I don't know where you would take out, though. That's just it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we might have to call that phone number and see if we can get into that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but where do them people take out to go through that? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> These are questions that I don't have the answers to. I wonder if they don't hike that trail the whole way back up out of that park. Possibly. I think it said it was like eight tenths of a mile walk down. That'd be a hike back out. But I suppose if you're going to do it and you're into that thing, where else are you going to go? That's really your other option. Yeah. You're going to go real class four rapids, and there you go. Go do it. Are we boring you? No, not at all. <laughs> I apologize. But after we left that one, we said, let's go check this other place. And uh, we found we found some good water, it looked like, mm-hmm. in a really nice access point. 
And uh, we didn't go check the takeout. It was getting kind of late. And then we were looking today on the Google A to Earth, and hopefully it looks pretty good for a, a point A to point Don't B floor. put in is money. It's a nice launch. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We should have taken a picture of it and sent it to Jay. But I, s- I saw a few of them on the, you know, on the Google Later machine. Yeah. So. We're going to have one rollover, and it's a mini. It's not like it's a – no, not even like that, but it's a small one. Kind of like across from the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. I think I put eyes on that, too. Yeah. So uh, – Across from the zoo? Yeah, on a different body of water. I knew exa- yeah. Jay knows where we yep. are. Yep. Absolutely. I'll tell you when the mics cool down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, does anyone else have anything they want to hit on? Nah, man. Well, I built a, a bench for the back of my boat yesterday. That was fun. That came out nice. It looks good. I went down to work on my day off. We have uh, sheets of 8-inch wide by quarter-inch aluminum down there. And the only thing I found that I don't like with it is it's you can't cut it out with a torch because aluminum melts. It doesn't burn. So I had to use a, a cutoff wheel, and I went through like eight cutoff wheels. <laughs> 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 so that, that kind of sucked. But uh, I cleaned it up nice. I made a, a bendy on the, on the backrest, like so it's uh, rounded off corners. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, did a lot of aluminum welding yesterday. Man. I'm going to owe that shop a, a, a roll of aluminum MIG wire. But I, uh, it came out really nice. Who's your cutoffs, too? Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Duh. It's well, a work, man. He went through $6 in aluminum and $140 worth of parts. <laughs> well, the, the cutoff wheels I don't feel bad about because my boss bought the wrong cutoff wheels. We used cutoff wheels with three-eighths holes in them, and he bought them with quarter-inch holes. So they are those fiber discs. Like, uh, we're not going to let these things uh, go to waste. I took them over the drill press and drilled new holes in them. Oh, nice. Yeah. So little kind of recycled them then. Yeah, a little redneck ingenuity. So they would have went to waste if not. Um, but yeah, a lot of good, a lot of welding in it. Um, it looked, it turned out nice. Mm-hmm. Two really long seams <clears throat> that I welded full length. And uh, man. I laid down two nice beads. It looked the, well. The only thing uh, I was having an issue with was I slide my hand with the spool gun, and you've got to push your welds with aluminum. And uh, as I was pushing it, it was heating the aluminum up, and I was dragging my finger on the aluminum, and I was getting so hot. <laughs> I had a, a pair of mechanics gloves on, but eh, they, they weren't what I needed. I like the upgrade to the uh, anchor as well. Do you, do you like that? Yeah. A couple pretty, new little pieces which, parts. Dude, what? Yeah. Two new pulleys in there? Or one pulley? One pulley. I got rid of a piece of bent plastic conduit yeah. and replaced it with a pulley. Nice. So it's still heavy, still hard, but it's not as heavy and not as yeah. hard. Yeah, that definitely is going to be a lot more seamless going up through. Because yeah. before you had to like had one person like pull the anchor while it was going out. Well, also, that was when that there was... There's an aluminum tube under the back deck. Yeah, I think it was chucked sideways, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just flopping in there. It was loose. Um, it was broke loose. So I, I welded a new brace under that because the way it was in before, it was just the front of it was tack welded on. Mm-hmm. So I put a brace underneath, and I welded the sides of the brace. So it's not going anywhere now. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. And then I, I drilled some holes in the seat or in the new bench. That way we can use it for uh, storage also. I like that idea. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you got now you can kind of like stand up back there either up on the top deck or you can drop right down into the brace and lean in there and you got plenty of room back there. And I don't know, being back there, the line was always wrapping around that seat and stuff. So it's not going to wrap around this bench now. That was a, a key deciding factor with this idea too. Yeah, I liked it. I was going to weld a, a bench, or not a bench, but like a shelf underneath of it. But the way those uh, the bands are, they're curving up. And so the bench would be like nose down and everything would fall off of it. <laughs> so I decided not to, excuse me, I decided not to do that. You should like mount a cup holder right behind it. I was thinking about how to do that also. I might just get a piece of round aluminum and weld it in. Mm-hmm. You know what Straight I mean? Into the seat. Yeah, yeah, just just right on the side. The, right off the side, yep. That's a good idea. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we need beverage holders. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of boats. I, yeah. Are, are we going to talk about our adventure coming up? Sure. Okay. I mean, because by the time we talk about it next week, it's already going to be over. Well, I'm not going to be here. Oh, I'll, I'm going to tell every every part of this story. Yeah. I'm going to take notes on the way up and back. <laughs> You'll be talking about it. But, yeah, speaking of cup holders, our, the new boat's going to have 10 of them. There's going to be cup holders everywhere. We're going to make our little venture up to Michigan. So I'm sure It's going to be listening. like a Lincoln Navigator. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Going to get ourselves a new raft. It'll be a little bit bigger than the Smith. We're getting ourselves a stealth. Things going to be decked out, ready to roll. Hell yeah. Make a little trip up to Michigan. So it'll be, what, almost seven hours for us. Run up Saturday, get her, bring her back, and then hopefully the weekend after we can make the inaugural float in it. Oh, yeah. That's what's, that's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to overall, like how much is the weight going to be? You know? gonna, well, I mean, the raft itself is with everything on it. Well, the raft itself is 150. So it's going to be a little heavier than yours. It's 14 and a half by 60. Okay. And it's got 16 inch tubes. What's yours? 14? 15. 13. Yours are 15? Yeah. Oh, so it's not that bigger. Too, but, but I thought yours were 14. So, okay, good. So it's just very little. But the um, the regular, well, he obviously has the hood, which is the two man. Mm-hmm. The regular um, hooligan is just, I think, a touch narrower than yours. It's the same length, but it's a touch narrower. So this one's a little wider and a foot bigger. So it'll be five rod rack too, which will be nice. Hell yeah. A lot of extra storage there. Got the upgraded Get the, uh, uh, um, Sawyer oars too. He nice. said having them cup holders is going to mm-hmm. be. Well, very it says nice. the drift boat braces in it. So mm-hmm. it's got yeah, cup, seen that. cup holders yeah. in the braces, cup holders down by the seat. So yeah, that drift boat brace will be nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so tired of spilling coffee everywhere, I all over know. everything. All my stuff's sticky from coffee being spilled on it and beer, but. <laughs> Actually, the beer's way more sticky. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll T-bar it for now. Maybe down the road, I'm probably going to... I'll definitely probably get a utility trailer. But what I'd like to do is when I get a utility trailer, get one that I can mount a box right up in the front of it, like up on top of the tongue, and then put a wench on the tongue. So then we can just hit a button and pull that thing the whole way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can even pick up a cheap utility trailer yeah, from find like a used one like harbor or not harbor freight a uh, tractor supply or something mm-hmm. well even that like that one matt and chris has for their smith boy is it nice and they picked it up on craigslist used yeah really nice aluminum i think it has 14s on it too i've never picked anything up off craigslist well except hookers I, I was waiting for i was just gonna say 
Beat me to it. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, <coughs> maybe, maybe down the road a little utility would be nice. Because a lot of the places we are going, for the most part, we can get a trailer in these places. Yeah. <clears throat> there, there's not many anymore that we really use that we're dumping them over the side of a bank. And mm-hmm. we're, we're getting old, man. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> we do the death floats like that. It's That's enough. Although I think the inaugural float should be the float below the death float. Just because we broke yours in there, we got to. We'll go to this. Like we'll go down one row. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing. Oh, that we one can't. Again. No. Never mind. We can't. Oh no. Yeah, because it's not trout season. Stupid yet. trout season. Uh, you can't fish for pike until trout season opens. Dumb PA law in that one. I um I spray bombed that trailer. Oh, we, you gave the Earl shot. Yeah, she looks good. Give her the old Earl shot treatment. Look good. I ended up sanding the rest of it down. My dad gave me a little, like, clean, like a little wire wheel. Nice. Put it on the, uh, just the little D Walt, you know, fits in your, uh, your old, uh, screw gun. And, uh, just went to town and then, uh, what'd you call Bruce about metal for? Was it for the trailer? Yeah. I, I wanted to see if he had a couple pieces of that. And if not, I'll just have to go get some. For what are you trying to do? I'm going to make it a little bit longer. Oh. Just wrap your hand around it. Just wrap your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to do that sometime here and just get it all painted and You know what you should do? Does it hang off the back a little bit? Oh the the raft will. You know what oh, you should do off the back of it a um, lot. Um I went blanked. I thought you were talking about the boat trailer. That was the mm. old eight ball trailer for mm-hmm. the raft. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Drive around on garbage night and look for someone throwing a bed frame away. Yeah. Those the, it, all this is angle iron, and it works perfect to make projects like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people get rid of bed frames all the time. Just make sure you sanitize them before you use someone's nasty ass bed frame. <laughs> you know, you have no idea what kind have of an old heathen bed was. frame I could cut off and at my parents' house. Don't use Drill your a couple holes in it. Don't use your bed frame. Your wife will be pissed. <laughs> I don't weld. <laughs> so, well, then you can drill and rivet. Yeah. Or drill and bolt. Yeah, that's when I do drill and bolt. That's what the rest of the whole uh, thing is. So that's what I'll do. Your trailer? Yeah. Yeah. You could just put a couple wood bunks in it, too. If you wanted to, just extend it out with wood bunks and carpet wrap it. Wouldn't be hard at all. Well, I'm going to have to build it up anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't fit in between the uh, wheel wells. Yeah. So I'm going to put something up and build like a whole platform. Nice. I'm going to put a roller on the back of it. Make it easy. And that thing actually you could pull pins, lifts up, slide that <laughs> slide the raft right off. I wanna uh like you were talking, even get like just a regular even a clicking boat. The hand wrench, know, yeah, yeah. Would be just fine even. I figure I could put that on the front of it and put well, it yeah, extra you got a wheel roller on it. there too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do that. Make sure you have a lot of cable. That way like where we uh did that float in my drift boat, mm-hmm. you can just Pull all the cable out and just wench the boat up. And that way you don't have to carry it. Did you see on the mm-hmm. Facebook thing that drift boat boats or whatever, that group you added me to, that drift boat unlimited or whatever, that guy had a picture of one like that? I almost commented. He had to have 200 foot of cable out to get to where it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah. like all snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that. something like that. You have this mass amount of cable, just hook it up and start cranking. Well, down or out west on those big rivers, did you ever see some of the launches they have? They're just like shoots. Go down like a, a steep bank to the river. And oh, you just put your just, boat on and wench feed. it down. Yeah. Or wench it back up. They're 
They're impressive. They're hmm. It's nothing that we would, you know, mess around with out here. Well, good news is we don't have to, so that's e- nice. Exactly. That's why we wouldn't, because we don't have to. You know what? Have we mentioned we have a guest on this evening? No, I don't think you mentioned it, Chad. We do. Nothing to interrupt any of this boat and trailer talk, because I'm sure we can get back to it. But we have Brandon Bales, uh, Panther Branch. Uh, what, pan- Incredible. Pan- Panther Branch Flies? Panther, Panther Branch Bugs. Okay, yeah. He's coming on tonight to talk. Man, I can't Incredible wait to talk to him. Incredible deer here. Man. Okay, back to the trailer. And we're back. <laughs> that's, so, no, that's it for now. I what's mean, that I, got, eights? Uh, the wheels? I have no idea. Yeah. I know <laughs> someone's going to be getting rid of a lot of eights. <laughs> yeah, Mark so, upgraded the 12s. Sweet, dude. I need I need a couple already. <laughs> gotcha. So, no, that should be, you know, put, I think, a little platform on top, half inch, even just do something like... I'd probably get the uh, treated plywood and just wrap it up, man. Some carpet. Maybe double bag it. Carpet it up, man. <laughs> you know what might not be a bad idea? Get a piece of diamond plate. It might be cheaper. It might last longer. I was going to say, though, too, as you talk about double bagging it, get the um, treated, paint it first. Yeah. Then carpet it. Kind of help seal it up a little bit. So, how much is a piece of treated plywood now? Oh, a million dollars. Eighty? No, they were eighty before. No, no. What I was gonna say is when I did my deck, They're probably one hundred twenty dollars for a piece of treated plywood. No, when I did my deck, <laughs> on might just the, be getting um, plywood from down at the shop where I work. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm trying to think that I was oh. two years ago. It was sixty three dollars a sheet for treated three eighths. If it wasn't, so that was two years ago because I paid one oh four for um. Marine grade. And then I started talking to the guy there, and he's like, listen. He goes, this is the honest to God's truth. He goes, if you want something that's better than marine grade, he goes, get yourself treated, get heavy bricks or whatever you can, and stack it on top of it and press all the liquid out of it for like two, three weeks. You'll see it all seep out, but once it all seeps out, coat it with a urethane, coat it with something to seal it. He goes, it will never, and it has actually held up better than um, marine grade did. But, yeah, treated may be up. I bet it's probably 85 bucks a sheet right now. What's it's a regular a piece of OSB? <laughs> I don't know. I'm buy that stuff. I just cut it up, man. I know. I think it's like 25 <laughs> bucks a sheet. Jeez. But yeah, if you press all sure. that out of the treated and do it that way, it's held up extremely well. Very, very good. It takes a couple weeks to do it because you got to wait for it. I mean, you'll watch all the water just keep just seeping and seeping and seeping, and all of a sudden it'll be like just bone dry then. All right. Now you're good. It looked like my wife when she's watching Thor. Uh, Did I say that out loud? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, Jeez, Jesus. What do you always say, Chad? What, what? I don't know. What do I always say? I say a lot of things, and none of them are correct. <laughs> Jay disapproves or some shit? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> When Neil's not pleased. Oh man. So um but our what? loud counterpart's not here tonight. I know. It's really throwing me off. I'm looking at an empty chair and it's all pushed back away from the table. Yeah. yeah. Have, have well, not we haven't fishing either, so it's like the the weather here has been kind of crap. That does make it hard for us to make content. 
constantly <laughs> when we're not actually fishing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not like the you know the water's there for the most part. We're finally starting to get some. It's a little dirty, but it's just that you know, like when you get that long, consistent, same cold, the fish just don't do anything. I mean, we got a little bit of bright, you know, here and there, kind of through the week. It looks like people kind of picked up a few few fish here and there, but. That's Speak, been about it. Speaking of that, someone picked up a big fish out in Montana. Do yeah. We, we want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Sounds like it was a good time. All I know is it's a dude that on, in Montana he caught. Was that the state record? Oh, it was? He goes out fishing with his daughter all the time. Yeah. And then this night or this evening, something crazy happened. I, re- I read that a little. I, did he I catch didn't, it on fly or catch it on no, gear? No, no, no. He got it on gear. Did he? Spinner? Yeah. He's a spinner dude. dude. How much? How big was that? I would fish? love to catch that fish Thir- on a spinner. Thirty-four and a half pounds. Whoa. Yeah, man, Th- that's a real deal fish. Yeah, I wonder how many pound tests too. It couldn't have been a million. It's. It couldn't have been four either. No, no, you know? it probably wasn't four. <laughs> He'd probably throw an eight pound test. Eight or twelve. I bet he runs into twenty inch fish on the regular. Oh sure, well, yeah. If you're know? out there, yeah. If you catch a thirty pounder, you got it. You've ca- you've caught a couple twenties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've seen a twenty or two. I got another twenty. Huh? Put it back. Thirty-four pound. Yeah, it was huge. It was slobby. It looks like some of the fish you catch down in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Lived in a lake somewhere for a long time. Hopefully, he put it back, and didn't put it on his wall. Either which way, whatever. You know what? Even if he put his wall, it's one fish. Yeah. Oh well. I think, you know? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm sure it spawned out plenty of babies. I tell exactly. you what, when you get to that point, how much longer has that fish really got left to go? Yeah, exactly. That, That's and, it and quite frankly, he's probably at that size not spawning anymore. Yeah, if it is, it's know. minimal. If it's a female, I can't imagine they got a whole lot left going. But, hey, I don't know. I'm not. I know. I picked some ladies up at the bar that were... Older in life, and they weren't interested in spawning. <laughs> I don't think fish go through menopause, Chad. Oh. <laughs> Is this thing on? Uh, <laughs> I seen it. I, I seen it. I swear, I swear to God, I seen it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we, we were trying to be like... You told me to dial it back. Tonight. I know. you. T- I told you to dial it back. <laughs> And, and listen the, to you. I'm the one being a, a degenerate. I had a six pack before my before my nap today. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Drinking all day, Jay? <laughs> fucking shaved my. He, he shaved took a nap my, at ten. <laughs> fucking shaved my dog. It was awful. Is that a euphemism for something? No, it's not. It, I literally <laughs> shaved my dog. Uh. Chad's over here, fucking six beers deep, napping already. See, I did all this, and I didn't drop one F word. I have nothing <laughs> exciting. I literally have done nothing but tie flies. That is well, all that's exciting. Well, it is exciting, but it doesn't. How much is there really Mike to talk about? Well, I you, tied 50 black over I mean, orange. How, how oh, many, so what's the best seller? How like many black ra- over orange, hands down. I mean, but, like, singles? Or is yeah. it just a f- singles? Yeah, river singles for sure are the best sellers. How many thread wraps per layer of bucktail? Do you count? No. Oh, you're not a real tire then. Real tires count. Haven't you ever heard? No. I only, <laughs> count, I only count when I'm tying on flat wings because I have found that the more thread wraps you do, you definitely start botching them. That's kind of like the old Atlantic salmon flies. 
L- keep less it is more. And yep, make sure you give yourself a lot of uh, little extra so you don't want to be trying to pinch and pull while you're at that. Like, you're, see, everything's going to shift on you. And you kind of got to get it all stacked and built nice when you're doing the malt. It's like, that's kind of like my uh, palate cleanser. Like when it's like clear the desk off and it's like, well, that's a nice bucktail. Kind of just like need like a fiver. I'll sit and tie a couple flat wings or a couple bucktail deceivers or something. You well, should, speaking of bucktail deceivers, they're new on the website. Add them up. You should tie some that are uh, like kind of off white and orange and just call it cheese and crackers for your palate cleanser. There you go. <laughs> I think they're going to work well for our hybrids though too. I really do, especially like not maybe not like the bigger the multi-feather like this one, but the oh, single feather. Oh, what are you feather? talking yes about, bro? Yes, it will. Yes, it oh, will. I think we'll get fucking will. hammered. It probably will. Oh, it'll get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to work really well for them. Speaking of hybrids, I, I did go hybrid fishing today. And you saw how many? Zero. Zero point zero. It was cold and windy, and I had to go to the store and buy diapers and uh, I just I went there and left. Like Were the diapers? diapers for yourself? Yeah. Why do you think I don't get up to take a piss during the show? <laughs> Actually, look at me, Jay. I'm peeing right now as we speak. <laughs> it's not the only thing you're doing. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm a relative in a nursing home. Oh. So, but I, I didn't bought diapers since Nolan was a baby. I was like, what? What are there sizes for these? <laughs> they tell you it depends. <laughs> but do we have anything else we want to talk about before we uh, get Brandon on? I'm just fine now. All righty, guys. And we'll be back. And we are back with Brandon Bales. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, man? It's going very well. Uh, Good. So, hey, Brandon, can you give yourself a little introduction? Um, yeah, so as we were talking a bit before, um, I live in North Alabama. I'm roughly 10 minutes from the Tennessee state line, uh, so I get to fish in Tennessee quite a bit, as well as Alabama, and uh yeah, uh, during the day, uh, my daytime job, I work at NASA, um, and then in the evenings, it's sort of like uh, Jekyll and Hyde. I'm uh, fly tying nonstop usually, and uh, if I'm not doing that and it's warm weather, then I'm usually on the water somewhere. So Nice, man. And what, with the warmer weather, you said you are going to try to get out this week, right? Yeah, I'm hoping uh, to get out tomorrow. Um, as I was telling you, like this warm weather we're supposed to have this week, it's going to kick off sort of the warm water season for me. And that'll start with, uh, white bass and hybrids and sort of mixed in there. I'll start doing some, some recon, some scouting trips for the smallmouth that come up in a lot of the creeks that I fish. So, uh, so, yeah, it should be just right around the corner that, that everything kicks off here. Are those your, your big three that you normally try to chase all summer, the the hybrids, the whites, and the, the smallies? Um, really, the white bass is like a, you know, it's like a, they'll come to the, I'm sure it's the same where you guys are at, but they'll come to the mouth of a feeder creek off the main river, and they will, 
you know, do the thing. They might run up the creek so far, and that could last. I mean, I've seen it last anywhere from only two weeks to a month and a half, you know, and you could still go back later and catch not many numbers, but catch some smaller males here and there. But um, the white bass for me is just like a, you know, I've been cooped up all winter. I want to go catch a bunch of fish <laughs> and white bass are perfect because you can go out and, and catch a bunch when they're, when they're in full, full spawn mode. And then really the hybrids, there's, they're sort of interspersed and mixed in. Um, there's a couple of rivers that I will target hybrids in, um, even into the summer. But honestly, uh, really for me, it's, it's funny. Things have changed so much nowadays. It's just for me, I just think about smallmouth. <laughs> I mean, they've always been my favorite game fish, but, uh, you know, even largemouth, I mean, it's like, you know, if I have an off day and I'm like, well, you know, I could go fishing for largemouth, you know, if, say the creeks are blown out, but I'll usually end up just sitting at the bench and be like, well, I'll just go back to smallmouth when the water's in the right condition. You'd rather not fish and fish for largemouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hate to say that. That sounds weird saying, but yeah, I mean, even, you know, and I don't know, um, again, I mean, before we we started i was talking about i'm not I'm not old by any means i mean i'm 38 but i'm at the age where it's like you know i've got two sons they my youngest he enjoys going out and he's got a little five weight glass rod he uses and i actually enjoy taking him to a lot of the places i grew up fishing which are within minutes of my home and uh you know he'll catch uh, sunfish and you know used to i would i would be all over that and i still i go through times where it's like well i'll just i don't feel like being too serious today let's go catch some you know bluegill or red breast or you know some type of panfish but um yeah i mean really it's for me the big one uh for the past few years has just been a uh, small mouth and if people follow you on instagram the uh, Panther branch bugs, right? Uh huh. They know that you tie some beautiful flies. I oh, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. And we're going to talk about them a little bit. But uh, mm -hmm. do you throw those beautiful deer hair bugs for the smallmouth to destroy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That that's what <laughs> yeah. they're made for, right? Oh yeah. And I mean, that's that's what I tell people. Like guys, you know, I've had guys pick up some, uh, ask me to tie on some deer hair bugs. And I'll get them to them, and they're like, "Man, could you tie me some more? I don't, I don't want to fish this first, you know, these that you gave me." I'm like, "Well, I mean, I tell them like, hey, if you want to buy more, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but you know, I can always tie more too. If you lose them or they get, you know, just destroyed after a season of using them over and over. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just, I don't know. It's one of those things I can't." I can't make myself not tie them a certain way, you know, just because you're like, oh, are these fishing bugs? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely all these are. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's, uh, that's you know, I use basically everything that I that I tie. It's not like you can exactly turn off, like, how you're going to tie them. You dial, you're taking years to dial them in that way. That's, that's how you make them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah, meant to catch exactly. fish. I mean, Good there's, there's uh, and I'm going to be – gonna be doing a class in the next few weeks like a zoom tying class uh 
with Mike Schultz and the guys up at Schultz Outfitters. And um, I think that'll give people a chance to see um, the guys that take the class. We'll give them a chance to see, you know, exactly. I mean, the, you can turn out these bugs pretty quick, honestly, uh, relative to what they are. Um, just once you get it, there's a, there's a technique. And once you get it down, it's like, you know, you can – you can not not blow through uh, stacking, but I mean it goes by pretty quick. So with all the the beautiful deer hair work that you do, will you ever throw fun bugs? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, I do. There's a you know there's there's some smaller um, streams that I fish. Uh, basically, well they're the same. I fish the same but the further north I go and especially once I cross into Tennessee a lot of these small creeks and streams they get real small and tiny and if I were to show you a picture you would probably think that I was say in the Smokies I was somewhere fishing for brook trout I mean they're that small and uh you can't you know uh you can't throw big hair bugs in there and I say big I don't really even fish huge hair bugs i mean what i normally fish is a size two um i'm throwing 99 percent of my fishing is with a six weight for smallmouth um so i mean i'm not throwing the huge stuff because it would scare them even in the the bigger end of the creeks but yeah when i get in the smaller the northern parts of these tributaries i'll switch over to um foam terrestrials and i actually have uh, a pattern um it's called the i think i think orvis they change up something with the name but anyway it's the panther creek hopper and it's a it's just a foam uh terrestrial that i've uh, fished for several years and got in with fooling meal um but yeah I've, i use that thing more than i more than i let on trust me <laughs> because like i said once water gets super low it's super clear in the summer and I'm in the northern parts of these streams. It's it's almost a must. You have to fish something that's gonna land lighter and not have a huge disturbance. And you also do tie some some many, many like foam or uh, deer hair bugs, correct? Yeah, I do. I do. And that and that started out as like a novelty thing just to see if I could do it. And a good friend of mine, um, uh, Chris Barclay, he, I was talking to him about it one day and he said, Hey, you know, a long time ago, some, I used to buy these at a store and he's, he said, there's like a rough, uh, you know, sort of like a rough rendition of, uh, these small deer hair bugs. And I was like, really? And I was like, well, maybe I should keep trying this. And, and I don't know if you've seen much about in Alabama, we have a pretty unique, um, bass species, the red eye bass. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people, they, when I say red eye, they think about rock bass or French bass, whatever you, you might call it. But yeah, we have the red eye bass and that's actually, um, not only for panfish, but really for the red eye bass. Um, I, I tie those small, I mean, size six, eight and 10 eight and 10 is what i usually fish for the red eye the most same deal i mean they're in some some smaller brook trout like settings um you know this is like some of the appalachian uh, streams that sort of trickle down into alabama so you've still got elevation all that but yeah you can uh 
you can do it with the foam bugs or uh, those small, uh, I call them petite poppers is sort of the, the name I just gave them. But, uh, but yeah, and they're, believe it or not, they're actually same deal. They're, they're pretty easy once you get down the proportions of uh, how much hair that you need with each stack on the hook. Yeah, I'm actually looking at you holding a, a big, <clears throat> looks like a red breast with a petite popper mm. in its mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I usually, in my personal box, I, I usually keep at least a row of them. Just because, you know, it's one of those things, like, I don't know how you guys are, but I go through different stages. Like, some days I'll go out and say it's one of those days where I just want to carry a three-weight glass and throw small terrestrials to red breast and so i want to do that well then the next time i'm like well i sort of did the match the hatch thing last time let's just throw some small deer hair it's almost like a tradition thing you know like to me deer hair in a way i wouldn't say it's a dying art but it's there's a lot of history there that a lot of people um really haven't read i mean i have to say i didn't know the whole history of you know deer hair bugs uh, within the U.S. for a long time until I started reading some of the older books. And it's it's just a sort of nostalgic thing to, uh, for me at least, to do. And what, what's the history of you and the deer hair bugs? When did you get started tying them? Oh, gosh, I would have to go back. It, you know, I'll say, well, I'll say there were several several attempts of me attempting to tie deer hair bugs for probably a couple of years. And like a lot of people, you get so frustrated. Um, and honestly, looking back, it's like, if I just had the right thread, this will, I think it would have clicked, but it, it's funny. I got the right thread and, uh, got the right tools and, um, started i remember i can tell you the first i would say successful deer hair bug that i tied was a solid black Dahlberg diver and uh i remember i had all the proportions right i looked at a lot of um like pat cohen stuff i'd always looked at his stuff and i was just trying to figure everything out i'd never watched any of his videos but you know just looking at pictures and things um I sort of went off that and I went back and was just looking at how other people um, shape their divers and this and that. And a thing that I, a funny thing that I struggled with was um, I think I was so ready to do the deer hair on a lot of my early bugs. It's like there was really nothing much <laughs> for a tail. And I, who knows? It probably doesn't even matter. It's almost like I was trying to rush to hurry up and see if I'm going to screw up another one with all this deer hair I'm about to mess with. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember there. it was a black Dahlberg diver, and I took it out. I actually took it to work with me. And as soon as I got off work, I stopped by a uh, – there's like a private lake on my way home. I stopped by the lake and it was the middle of summer. And I can remember casting that, um, big diver out there. And as soon as it, it was hung on the lily pad, I twitched it and got it off. And as soon as it hit an open spot between lily pads, this largemouth came up and just annihilated it. And from then on, it was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is the thing for me. You know, deer hair is, it just the the whole process, the tying, the 
it's almost like woodworking. You go back and carve and shape, and then you get to fish them. It's just so so unique as far as tying goes to me. What what do you find yourself gravitating to more now? Do you do you tie more popper styles or more diver styles, or um, or does it just go in spurts? You know, yeah, it sort of comes and goes. I, I will say for so for my own for my own personal fishing, um, I would say neither. I actually fish majority of the time. I fish a slider. Um, it's, and again, this is going to be, it's actually what I'm tying for the class I was just talking about. Um, I've got a, I just call it the finesse slider. It's like a size two deer hair bug. It's, it's the face is rounded. Um, it sort of tapers back. It doesn't really make a pop. It doesn't really dive. And, and again, it's just for all the waters that I fish where, you know, even in the bigger sections when it gets low and clear in the summer it's almost like i know you guys have seen the uh oh mr wiggly the foam bug that everyone uses for smallmouth late season yeah mm-hmm. it, it's almost like it's basically a deer hair version of that there's rubber legs there's let's see one two three sets of rubber legs coming out of the body and it's one of those that i cast out and honestly I get most of my takes just drifting. Um, and, and I would say second behind the sliding, the sliding bug would just be a, a popper. And, uh, to me, the, the Dahlberg diver, um, I'll keep a couple in my box, you know, in like some frog colors, but yeah, most of the time for me, it's, it's that sliding bug or, just a simple popper and usually on my own personal poppers i don't even do rubber legs or anything i mean i just you know it's just a straight popper with some bucktail and some flash out the back you don't put the frog legs on like like the pretty uh, bugs you have on your instagram page uh on some uh on some i do so like now i do carry a couple of like actual frogs that have like the uh I learned that that you're probably talking about the one with the zonker strips. No, you have. A, um, I think that looks like Cohen's legs. Oh, uh, okay. No, there's so the past few years, what I've been using is uh, Andreas Anderson. Um, I sort of picked his brain. He, I noticed he had some divers that had these uh, zonker uh, legs that he did. You know, he basically made the joints the he had it bent where the knees were with the ankles and they have, it's called the leaf spring, uh, leg. So I've been doing those on any of the frogs I carry in my personal box. I, I do that with, with them. I use the zonker and, uh, you have to reinforce what would be like the, I guess the thighs of the frog. You've got to reinforce that with either some heavy mono or, uh, I even use like a flexible UV to keep it from, collapsing and fouling the part you so, would eat uh, go ahead i said the part you would eat of the frog leg yeah, exactly the meaty part yeah <laughs> I, I guess you're right those are rabbit strips and not the ultra suede like i thought mm-hmm. that, that's yeah, impressive yeah, so, i mean i have used um the ultra suede in the past but uh yeah i again it, that the idea that andres came up with um it just looked sort of old school to me and uh 
I just I sort of gravitate to that. So I I really enjoyed uh, tying them with the zonkers. And that keeps everything kind of natural, like throughout the whole fly. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, I see the these bass nymphs that uh, on there as well. When do you use those? Is that a time of year thing, or is that just like a certain water? What was that again? The um, like your bass nymphs. Do you use them often, or is that just like a certain oh, time yeah. of year so, thing? Or? Um, I'll do, I'll do those late summer. Um, whenever I switch over, that's sort of become my favorite season is late summer, early fall, um, and. I think that's one of the things I like most about smallmouth is you can fish for them so many different ways. And uh, late summer, even if we have some water, if we have enough water, I'll typically do, I say, a dry dropper, but it's a foam terrestrial with one of those bass nymphs. Um, and, and even there's some streams that are just notoriously finicky. I'll use those there, uh, do like a dry dropper, but like I said, with the foam bug and just drop a nymph off. And there's even times um, I have a really memorable smallmouth that I caught. He wasn't huge by any means. He was probably, I don't know, 16, 17 inches maybe. Um, but I remember there was this ledge in this stream, really fast moving water. And I tried several things. I was like, man, there, that just, that looks so fishy. There's gotta be a fish there. And I ended up, I uh, used, uh, just a big, what I call like a bass nymph. that might look sort of like a Helgramite, maybe a big mayfly. I mean, uh, you know, who knows, but I would just, I actually tight lined it through that along that ledge and boom, had a smallmouth come up and just inhale it. And uh, like I said, that that was also the moment that, and I, it was one of those things I just had it in my box. It's like, well, let's try this as a last ditch effort, and it worked. And then it sort of clicked, like, hey, maybe this is something I should do, <laughs> I should do more often. <laughs> so I've sort of incorporated that into my my uh, box now. So it, it seems to work well or work best, I'll say, late summer when they've seen. You know, they've seen tons of stuff being thrown at them, and um, you can get a little more uh, finesse and, and pull fish out with them. And, and that's why you work at NASA, because you put one and two together <laughs> and, you, and use bass nymphs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> so we know you for your deer hair bugs, but lately you've been getting into uh, the Game Changer deal. What, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, how how personally do you like game changers? Do you like the uh, the all synthetic? Are you a feather changer guy? What what's uh, your favorite style? Well, I will say so. Uh, you mentioned my buddy Chris Adams. Um, you know his. Have you ever tried any? Do you use brushes at all, or do you guys use brushes much for uh, changers? You know what. Um, Personally, myself, I make some brushes. I've never got any Chris's, but I, I hear they're the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I use I started out using Chris's brushes when he first came out with them. And, I, and trust me, I use I use some of Chris's. I use, um, what is it, RD, or I guess it's Renzetti. You know, they have, like, a distribution 
I've I use a lot of their streamer brushes. Um, I use some of Tony's stuff at Nightmare Musky Flies. Um, I, I would say if I if I get to if I can go in the shop and handpick the saddles or the next best thing is I like I order a lot. Most of my feathers nowadays come from Schultz Outfitters. I just call and talk to Mike or Corey and say, hey, it's Brandon. And they pretty much know, okay, you're going to be tying, you know, on the smaller end of stuff. And they will, they know what I'm after. Um, Do they know your voice now? The hen saddles go. I like the, the smaller stuff. Um, if I have, if I have a choice for me personally, I, I tend to like the, I like the looks of the feathers better, but as far as um, what I've caught all my big fish on and what I tend to carry a lot in my boat box, uh, usually the brush, the brush style, just because, and I hate to say this because I'm going to sound like what I said earlier, but I really don't want to lose one of those pretty, (laughs) (laughs) uh, pretty feather game changers. But at the same time, I know good and well, I can tie another one. It's just, just the thought of that lonely feather changer at the bottom of the river, <laughs> you know, until it rots away. Uh, I just, I, I would rather use uh, brushes and, and two, it, it goes, it goes a step further. It's, you know, where I'm fishing, uh, the synthetics, yeah, they will absorb some water, which is good because typically I don't, even though I have spare spools, I don't know how most guys do it, but I, I usually just go in with, with one spool of once, once it gets warm, it's pretty much a, a floating line ordeal. Um, and that way I'm not having to worry about switching spools on the water and this and that. So I like that the synthetics, they can absorb a little bit of water and you can sort of lengthen your leader. If you, if the flow is low enough, you can wait a little longer, you know, to swim them back to you. Um, with feathers, it seems to take a little longer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's definitely a time and place for, for both, but I would say for me personally, the, the brushes is, is, is what I enjoy the most. I, is it the, <clears throat> you know, even what, is it just the trimming the taper at the end or, you know, is it, uh, you know, not having to build the actual fly itself? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, and, you know, my, there might be something to this I've never thought about. I mean, <laughs> these brushes I'm trimming like I do deer hair. So it's it's almost like this carving, sculpting thing you do at the end, whereas the, the feather changers, you're building the taper as you go. And I hate to say this, but there's been several times, and I actually used to have a jar. I'm looking at my bench right now. I don't have it, but um, I don't have it out, but... I would just get disgusted with some of the tapers on my feather changers. I mean, I would get almost done and there would be this, this sounds so OCD, but there's this one gap between these two shanks that I don't like. I'm like, you know what? Toss it. I'll redo it some other time. And then it just sits there for months. So the, the brushes, it's almost like you get done. You're like, okay, now I can start taking away and now I can shape it into what I want. And uh, trust me, I spend, way too much time trimming them <laughs> either way i mean it's it's uh, ridiculous I, there's no way i could make a living um i told chris adams that before like 
dude, I don't know how you do it because he could crank out piles of game changer. I'm like, you know, I can, I can crank a few out, but at the same time, I would go back and look and be like, uh, let me just pick this up one more time. Let's take one more sniff right here, right here. And then it turns into an hour later, you know. <laughs> I bet your wife loves that. Keeps you out of her hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> she knows how. I, and th- so that's the, that's the thing. Like we just moved in a new house about, um, a month and a half ago. And at the old house, I was out in the garage, the new house, I have my own office with my bench and stuff. And yes, yeah, she bought this, you know, she bought this vacuum she had been wanting and it's like every night now she sees me carrying it to my office because there's deer hair from the door <laughs> all the way <laughs> to the desk. So it's like, now it's like a, I have my own little, you know, I was, it was stupid for me to think that this little, um, little handheld vacuum cleaner was going to do anything. I bought that at first. Like, yeah, this will be my own vacuum. No, I go and buy, get her big vacuum <laughs> every night now and, and have to, have to clean clean the room and i still find deer hair somewhere on me when i get in the shower <laughs> <laughs> so your new office is it carpet or is it a hard hard floor that you can uh, just kind of it's it's a hard floor um yeah so i mean it's that's a good thing is like i can actually see it and get it all get it all up it's not getting matted into any type of carpet or anything and uh when you're trimming deer hair, are you using the the double sided razors a lot? Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I'll do, uh, and I usually um, I use at least one one blade, you know, one double sided blade per fly. Um, and sometimes not even that. If it feels dull, I learned early on it's best to just chunk it, get another one because I mean they're relatively cheap. Uh, yeah, that you know, I don't know if you you guys have. We have these stores, Dollar General stores, um, down here. There's like a, you know, we, there's one on every corner. Same up here. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I've actually I've I go in to buy razor blades so much there that if someone new is working, I go ahead and tell them like, hey, look, um, this is what I'm doing with it. Like I, I don't know why I should. <laughs> I feel like I should even tell them, but hey, I'm buying every razor blade you have. Um, I'm not doing anything illegal. <laughs> this is this is for, uh, and I'm tr- I try to explain it because I'm like, think to myself, not everybody knows fly fish. I'm like, yeah, I carve lures with these, and they're like, oh, okay, and it's like, okay, so then from then on, we're you know we're cool. <laughs> they they definitely have to think it's weird that a guy with a beard comes in and buys so many razors. <laughs> yeah, and come, yeah, it comes in by his, you know, the razor. I think they're a dollar for five, and I go in and buy twenty dollars worth. <laughs> they're like, "What's going on with this guy?" <laughs> you know, if you put that to your face, uh, yeah, I can clean that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. That's like our local uh, uh, Dollar General yeah. Zappa Gap. Uh-huh. As soon as they get Zappa Gap in, we go and buy them out. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, that too. So outside of um, the deer hair work, what else do you mm-hmm. find yourself kind of going to? What's your go-to other than that? Uh, is, it, is it the brush work, or I mean, is there anything else that you find? I mean, feather changers or kind of? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, that's, you know, I'll do, so from deer hair, I would say the next, I, I do, I don't know, I, it bounce, I bounce back and forth so much. Um, you know, here lately, I've been on sort of a, and I go to this, it's weird, I don't know if I'm the only one that this happens with, but it's almost like these, and I, I notice this because of, um, you know, if you get on Facebook, it'll show like memories from a year ago. And oddly enough, it seems like I go through these stages at the same time every year, <laughs> because just the other day, one popped up uh, where I was tying some... It was one of Kelly Gallup's patterns. I think it was like a, you know, a go-to for me um, around here, like a quick streamer is like a peanut envy, like the smaller ones. And there's a picture. And the funny thing is I've actually been on another Kelly Gallup kick here lately. I've been tying. Um, uh, I've got some, I uh, got in some of those of Kelly's hooks. He has through MFC, the belly bumper hooks. Yeah. I've been tying a lot of those, and then on some of the, uh, what is it, the A-Rex TP650, like the bent streamer hook, I've been doing some single hook swimmy jimmies. Um, those, I'm really happy with those as far as the action goes. I think that's going to be a, a go-to for me this summer because um, I used to fish the really small um regular swimmy jimmy i guess they're juniors they had two really small hooks um i had issues with uh well with bass at least staying hooked with them at least if they got the back hook so i just started tying them as singles on this number two and also like a number one uh it's just a single bent hook and i think they're going to be uh they're relatively the same length as that little junior size with two hooks, but I think it's going to be a, a go-to for me for a, for smallmouth this season. What's your de- um, hook preference for when you're doing the deer hair bugs? Uh, the so for me personally, and where I fish, the I use the Arex NS110. It's uh, let me see. I actually had some. I think it's listed as a. It's in their saltwater series. Yeah, it's the NS110 Streamer SE. So it's just straight eyes, all that is. But it's a so it's a heavier wire hook. But the thing I like about that is I don't have to do anything to be to like rest assured that it's going to kill correctly every time. That the, I found that that hook is the perfect wire thickness and the gape is the perfect size that it kills every time no matter if i'm tying dalbert divers the sliders poppers um mice uh, frogs it it kills no matter what so that's that's been my my go-to um now if i if i tie some big stuff for like the lakes like one alt and two alt i just go to the arex uh the regular trout predator in a one alt or two alt um and and on some of the on some of the frogs uh I've, i'll add keel weight to just to you know rest assured that it's going to sit properly but um like i said that the number two 
NS110. It's it's by far my my favorite hook for the for the size bass bugs that I tie um, and fish. And and when they get you know those really small ones we talked about earlier for like panfish and red eye, um, I'll just go to like a the A-Rex Stinger because that small a hair. I mean those those stacks you're not going to have to worry about anything like landing upside down i mean that's you've got enough weight in the hook itself that it's gonna that's gonna kill correctly so your little bugs you call the petite poppers mm-hmm. the big ones like the one aughts and two aughts you should call mm-hmm. you should call them the lane bryant poppers <laughs> hey yeah that's that's good i'm gonna have to take that <laughs> hey i'm here yeah. all night man <laughs> yeah yeah i might have to use that man that's good yeah <laughs> that's what i'm here for yeah uh-huh <laughs> Chad's an idea man. Yeah, man, I, I can't follow through with the actual product, but I can come up with the idea. The, the idea, yeah, that's 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 what counts. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we saw some bowfin on your uh, on your Instagram page. Yeah, do yeah. You, do you get after them quite a bit? Yeah, it's it's funny. I was just um, <laughs> you're reading my mind here. I was just. Uh, <laughs> do you guys happen to know, or maybe you've had him on the show? If you hadn't, let me say you should. A good friend of mine, uh, you know Steve Uchuk? Yes. Yeah, we've had him on. Uh, okay, good. So, <laughs> this is so weird. Just, what was it? Yeah, yeah, yesterday, me and Steve, we were, we always, it's funny, me and him text back and forth all the time. He's, I call him the king of foam because that dude and, and foam bugs or just foam in general. Oh, that's a guy can do anything with it. That foam cicada uh, he just posted is outrageous. Uh, yeah, yeah. And but me and him were talking about both him because I'd actually uh, went and scouted a new spot. Um, yeah, so I do. I definitely that's. So I'll say, smallmouth is number one for me. Um, both in is number two, and uh, just because musky are two hours away i'll say that chain pickle or <laughs> or number three for me um just because it's like a, you know that's it's like i can fish for for musky but with a six weight and not my shoulders still attached at the end, end of the day <laughs> oh that's awesome that's the perfect yeah. fish <laughs> but but um but yeah so the bowfin uh, pretty unique here that they in some of the not not necessarily the same creeks that I fish for smallmouth, but still moving water, clear water. Um, yeah, I go out in the summer. Usually it's the, the hottest day you can find, middle of the day. And, yeah, I can actually go out and either wading or um, in my kayak uh, go out and sight fish for both in. And uh, I just found hopefully a new spot just the other day that it's going to be really unique. It's, it's on a management area, wildlife management area where they have um, a big duck hunt every year. And I found out they open up a floodgate to only let so much of the water out every year. And it's directly connected to the main river. And a buddy of mine that fishes conventional gear, um, he, uh, I was talking to him. He said, Hey, so this place is loaded with both in, and I was like, okay, I know where I'm going to be this summer. <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> dumping my kayak in there and uh, I'm fishing for both of them because they're, you know, that's, I think they're, 
I don't know. Do you guys have them up there at all, or do you have Snakehead? I guess would be the the big brother to them. We have both ends. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they're. I think a lot of people really overlook. I mean, those. That's a pretty hard fighting fish, and you know they fight hard. You can sight fish to them in most places, and two, I mean, a lot of people think they're ugly, but man, have you ever seen one and it's spawn a male? With the spawning colors like the indigo greens and blues, they're they're actually pretty cool looking fish to me. Yeah, another, um, and you know they're sort of prehistoric at that. Another month when the ice comes off, we will. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. But, uh, we yeah, didn't get they're hip- they're really they're a pretty pretty neat fish uh, to chase. I, I don't. I will say this: I don't catch very many on top water. Um, I've caught several. Actually, the last one I caught uh, was on, uh, what, yeah, it was on a game changer. Um, just like a, it was on one of Chris's uh, bait ball brushes. I, I fish most, well, actually, all of mine that I fish are around three inches or so, three and a half inches. And uh, yeah, that's what I end up using the majority of the time or something that can hang out and sort of suspend for a little bit, um, keep it in their strike zone until they see it. We've had really good luck with just a standard bucktail-like deceiver. Like the ones you really? posted from a while back, throw one of them and just let it just like breathe right in front of them and just like oh, roll, yeah. roll it over yeah. like the edge of your knuckle so it's just like just like fluttering, that's it. It's not really moving. Uh-huh. That's been it. Just like just slow drop and just kind of like moving that line just to keep the tail of it fluttering, but you're not moving the fly. And okay, it has okay. Yeah, I'm going to try that. They, they like that, like almost like it's dying and just falling a wee little bit, but and mm-hmm. it, yep, mm-hmm. they just come up and crush it. Do, do you you find, uh, I'll just ask you real quick. Do you find that, um, do they like, do they seem to like bigger stuff or have you noticed that they tend to target smaller stuff or really just anything in front of them? Boy, I don't know that we've had really enough experience. I mean, everything that we've had luck with has all been in that three, four inch range. Nothing like yeah, bigger. Actually, and... it's I asked that because um, I would say I've had at least I don't know six or seven that I've caught while in it's in this one particular area where um, where I take my youngest son now every spring. There's there's like an offshoot channel from the main Creek that we fish and it dead ends. And what happens is all these huge, um, red ear sunfish come in there to spawn. I mean, big bluegill, big red ear. Um, I mean, all these huge and, and bass will too, but initially these big panfish will come in there that we don't normally see. And right off the main current, a lot of times there'll be a bow fin hanging out. And I've thrown big stuff at them, and they've completely ignored it, or it's actually scared them. Um, I would say I've caught six or seven on, uh, if you look at my Instagram, the little hatchling crawl, that little tiny, like, size 10 crawfish. Um, yeah, that's what they would eat. I don't know if they maybe mistake it for some fry that have come off the bed from all these panfish. I don't know, but they will – they'll chase down these tiny little crawfish that I throw. And, uh, and like I said, I'm not intentionally trying to catch them, but I've had them just run right in and blow right through a, a big red ears, uh, little bedding area to, uh, attack these little crawfish. 
Do you find yourself having to beef up hooks at all for them? Just because we, um, we found yeah, like... I do. I've had uh, I've had several that. Um, luckily, I've never. Lo- I'll say I've never lost a bow fin because of a bent hook, but there have been several when I've hooked them with those smaller patterns that once I pop the hook out, uh, the hook was done for. I mean, it was, you know, you know, bent to the side. The, it was starting to uh, straighten out. Um, never anything, you know, I would say anything number four and bigger I've never had an issue with. But, yeah, definitely on that smaller stuff, I've had them bend the hook um, quite a bit. Hey, Mark, tell Brandon about that one you had that bent the hook so you couldn't get them unhooked. How about the one that flopped out of my hands and broke my rod? <laughs> oh, man. Them things have destroyed about everything that we've put in there. Yeah, I, they've, we've had them bend multiple hooks and shoot yeah, out of hands really? and smash rods and just, yeah, they're just They're like six-year-olds. They're nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know how that is. Yeah, I know yeah. how that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they are. They, once they're hooked, and I'll even say this. I've actually, there's been two occasions I've hooked one uh one in particular i can i have this memory of i was throwing one of uh i didn't buy it from mike schmidt but i had one of, i tied up one of mike schmidt's viking midges you know they're i mm-hmm. mean pretty probably four four and a half inch long streamer throwing it out there saw this bowfin come in and i just killed the killed the streamer let it die and as it did that nose dive man the thing came in ate it both hooks then it starts doing the whole gator death roll thing and popped out both hooks and for whatever reason so the streamer's going downstream at this point he circles goes back downstream comes back up and hits it head on again and eats it a second time and uh yeah it just went ballistic again and i landed him like i haven't seen many fish i mean i've seen fish get maybe like Maybe they get stung by the hook, but I'm talking like this streamer, this Viking midge, it was, I had tied it in solid white and I, the whole thing just disappeared. <laughs> and then to see it, you know, when he, when he comes up out of the water, see it, it's down his throat and then somehow it comes loose and he comes back and eats it again. <laughs> That's, that just tells you what kind of fish you're dealing with. Yeah, man. Hey, they're used to the bluegills pricking them on the way down. Oh yeah. Yeah. So a couple of, Number two hooks, nothing, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I also see you do a fair amount of red fishing. I do. Well, yeah, I try to um, at least. we Well, we go down to the Gulf uh, quite a bit. It's it's basically six hour, a six-hour okay. drive straight south for us um, to get to the Gulf. Um, I have a few friends that live down there, and uh, – Whenever I get a chance, we're actually going in three, three or four weeks. I'm going to try to hit the uh, Pompano run this year with a buddy of mine that, that lives down there and works for a, uh, a tackle shop. But, um, yeah, I do pretty much whenever I get down there, I, I try to I target reds. And um, we do a lot of dock lot fishing at night for, for some of the speckled trout. Um but definitely, definitely redfish. They've got that sort of, I don't know, almost like a, it's almost a bass-like approach, you know, to fish for them. So uh, 
that's just sort of in, in my wheelhouse. And they, they're definitely um, one of my favorite saltwater fish to chase. Other than I've only had one one trip for tarpon where I, I was able to catch some baby tarpon. If I had those around, I would say the redfish would probably move down a notch. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, redfish, they're, they're a favorite of mine for sure. See, I've never caught a tarpon, but if I did, mm. I think my wife would move down a notch. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I want to catch a tarpon so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're another one of those fish, man. They, um, they're one of those fish I would say, and I can honestly say this, I would not want, I would, I would be happy catching the, the juvenile, what they call juvenile or baby tarpon Uh a lot more than I, I really don't have a desire to catch a full grown, you know, 200 pound, fully grown tarpon. I don't really have that desire because honestly, the, even the, I think the juvenile I caught, I mean, it was probably, I don't know. It's hard to tell the weight of them. Um, it was as big as my biggest redfish ever. And it was probably, I don't know, 36 inches or so. Okay. Um, and I'll say, I mean, that's, and I was fishing with the, which I only, it might be a handicap to a lot of people, but I, I just, I only fish fiberglass rods. That's, what I enjoy. Um, and I was fishing a, a glass nine weight and which I was in these little canals where they hang out and man, they just, they will run you under any structure. It's like they'll spit every hook you throw at them. It's like no matter what. And, um, even, even the fish that size, it's, it's a lot of work just to, just to land one that size. So I've, I don't know that I want to want a tango with a with a full grown one. So hey, can we talk about the glass rod thing for a minute? Yeah, sure. Are you fishing old glass, new glass, a mixture of both? What what's your preference? Um, I I have fished older glass, but um, I have a really good friend, and he was uh, I would say he, uh, Chris Barclay. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him he lives in north carolina no um, I'm, I'm he not. he makes some really nice fiberglass rods and i actually i didn't know chris personally until i ordered my first glass rod from him several years ago and um got to know him really nice guy and we became really good friends and uh we've been fishing uh we do like well more than annual trips now we've a bunch of us met up in texas and he was there and then uh they came down last summer and stayed with me and we, I sort of did like a little red eye slash smallmouth tour of my home waters with him and uh, another friend of ours, Dave Fasson. And, uh, uh, anyway, uh, I've pretty much fished, uh, Chris's rods there. I know he now has, rod blanks they're made by i think he's in pennsylvania actually mike mcfarland uh he he makes all of the blanks for chris and um they're chris's tapers are they're pretty neat i mean he he has several or i'll say several has a couple of three weights in his lineup fours fives i mean he goes all the way through but the thing is is he he will 
actually, here's a good example. After they came and fished with me, he went back home and had a and designed a four weight just for fishing for red eye bass here, <laughs> because he was like. He saw what kind of area I fish. He's like, oh, okay, so you fish these small streams like trout would live, but you're fishing for these unique bass that like bigger meals, but you don't want to carry a six or seven weight there. So he and he and I fish those little micro game changers a lot for him. Uh-huh. And so he was like, hey, I'm going to he and I didn't even know he did it until it was done. He got with Mike and said, hey, you know, I want to a blank taper that can do this and this. And it's, it's crazy because, uh, I've fished it and cast it some when we were out in Texas, he had one he'd built and, uh, it, it's the craziest thing. I mean, it's a four weight. It still has, it feels just like a four weight, but you could throw little two inch weighted game changers, which I actually did. And we were catching like the Guadalupe bass and, um, different things. But yeah, uh, he just has this unique ability to uh, translate what he wants these rods to do um, to Mike, the guy that rolls the blanks. And uh, I have, let's see, I have one, two, I have three six weights that Chris has built. Um, they're all, they all could do the, you know, they're all basically for smallmouth, but just for an example, like he has one, <laughs> everybody gets a laugh out of this. He has one. The first one is a seven foot, um, black glass, uh, six weight. It's a three piece called the little stiffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, probably sounds childish, you know, laughing, but it's like, that was the running thing. It's like, there used to be these older glass rods that were shorter in length, but they would cast six, seven weight lines well he wanted one of those um for these smaller uh smallmouth waters and so he came up with uh, what's been coined the little stiffy and then uh after that he wanted a sort of general purpose six weight that could do you know if you're up in michigan you could throw some of the big hex dries um but also you could use it for smallmouth it wasn't gonna you could feel, still have feeling if you wanted to do like double nymph rigs, if you were a trout guy or streamers, you know, and it does great at that. And then the other six weight I have, which uh, you said you look at my Instagram, there was, there's a picture of a big, a big redfish I'm holding. I think it's at night. I've got a picture of this big redfish. Yeah, he, I saw that one. He had, so I caught that redfish with a six weight. That was with um, this really, I don't want to say fast taper. It's almost, I just say a salt, it's a salty six, but it's glass. Um, I have one of those that I use for if it's windy out or, you know, if I want to punch out bigger bugs. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool how it's all his glass rods. They have a old school feel, but like I said, they have, they do a lot of things well, but also the thought behind each one. I mean, he has a description under each rod on, on his website, like, hey, you know, sort of like, hey, I designed this for this reason, and this is, you know, the unique thing about it. Um, They're to fill niches. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Them, them rods are something else, but the perfects yeah. you have them paired with, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, every time mm-hmm. you, you post that, I see that reel. It's like, boy, that thing's got to just – on a little small stream with them, sound amazing too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you, do you guys fish glass much, or is that just like a novelty thing? I have a glass rod that I fish for carp because I mm-hmm. I find it easier to do in close shots. It's a six yeah. weight. It's not meant for for that. But uh, yeah, I like it for up close sight casting. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I personally know I like a fast action uh, graphite rod. I'm not. Yeah. My my castings. Yeah. I've tried chads, and I just not quite my my stroke. Well, then again, I'm also throwing the butter stick, which is super slow. Yeah. That you know? one is, oh yeah. 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 It 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 is. It is, yeah. Yeah, I would say at least like his the upper weights of Chris's stuff, like the six, sevens, eights. I actually a really cool one that I'm I'm the line should hopefully the the line should be here tomorrow. But I had him build me a it's a weird length. Let me look on the rod tube. A seven foot ten inch ten weight glass. For musky out of so whenever i kayak fish for musky um and it's got he uh built the rod the reason it's the odd length is he extended the butt because i wanted to be able basically like that tfo esox you know how it has extended fighting butt yeah in a way we mimic that length so i can pin it up against my forearm uh, for casting and for figure eights, but uh, yeah, he he built me, and it's a it's a tank too. I mean, it's 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 a huge. I mean, you know, glass in that size is pretty big. So I mean, it's a it's a beefy rod for sure. So you musky fish from a kayak? Are you sitting down or are you you standing up? Uh, standing up. Okay. Yeah, I've got a yeah, I've got a um, it's called they're called New Canoe is the the brand. Um, super stable. I mean, actually, they, uh, as an accessory, you can buy a motor for the thing. Um, it's a, it's a pretty unique, uh, I, I really hesitate to even call it a kayak. It, it is sort of a hybrid, but yeah, people like me and my son and the dog, uh, fish out of it. I mean, it's, 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 it's only 12 foot, but super wide. You can stand up and walk around. I mean, you know, but yeah, more, and majority of the time I'm fishing out of a period, I'm standing up. So how is it getting the depth on a figure eight with a seven foot ten rod? Got to be hard. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the one thing. It's like I had to sacrifice something. Um, so we went with the. It was like you know that's the thing. It was like well for landing the fish, shorter length would be better out of the kayak, but figure eights, not so well. Um, Luckily, the place I fish, I mean, well, and, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't musky fish a ton. Um, it's almost one of those things that, you know, that's when I said early on, I used to trout fish in the winter. It's sort of musky to me, sort of like a winter thing. You know, if I, if I can get out, I'll go do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the river, I mean, yeah, it has super deep sections, but, a lot of the water, I wouldn't have to get super deep with a figure eight, so it's not terrible. But, uh, yeah, it definitely it was a little bit of a sacrifice. 
Yeah, all all things considered, though, if it gets everything else, that's probably the one thing there you can make do with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can always bend at your hips. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to mention that Tennessee water, and from where we were at in Tennessee, it's usually pretty clear. You can see them coming from a ways. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you're in the same spot, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's you can you can see from way, ways off. And, and even there's a place um, – I have some family in Kentucky. There's um, some places up there, and it's it's the same thing. Well, it's not necessarily that the water's clear, but you've got um, shallow, not as deep water. I don't want to say shallow, but the water's not as deep. Um, clarity's a bit of an issue at times, but still, uh, it's one of those places. That actually, the, the guys that I've seen fishing in one area, most of them, one guy in particular, he's always in a uh, – those one man almost like the little pontoon things you sit in that's what he musky fishes out of (laughs) like a cataract yeah 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 Yeah. so um but yes i mean it's uh for around this area it's it works okay but like i said i'm not i'm not a diehard musky guy just because it's it's more of a a trip for me to, to get to the waters and, you know, and, and two, it's, it's a bit out of my comfort zone, to be honest. It's just, uh, it's a, a wintertime thing for me if I can get away. Yeah. If you can get away and have some buddies come with you, right? Yeah, exactly. So when you smallmouth fish, do you take the new canoe with you or do you prefer to walk and wade or what, what's your preferred method? No, I'm, I'm, uh, it, my preferred way is to, to walk in, wade. Um, that's, if I do use my kayak at all, it's really just to get me from one, one shoal to the next, you know, um, if me and, and that's the thing too, it's, you know, kayaks are great, but then you've got to have a plan about how do I get back to my vehicle? Yeah, <laughs> and, I know what you mean. And I do, and and I have buddies that I that I fish with quite a bit, you know. Then I'll take um, my kayak, but uh, but yeah, most of the time it's like a a walk and wade thing. And I'm usually I tend to fish by myself a lot uh, doing that, just because it can get crowded really quick um, on some of these waters. Even you know you can spread out with a buddy, but then it's like you know what's what's the fun in that if you're just your buddies 300 yards upstream and you know you don't really get to hang out or yeah you can't heckle them if you can't see them yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i have to i still have to text them about it <laughs> so uh but yeah so i mean i i'm majority of the time i'm walking in somewhere and and waiting and um and i like that too because especially if i have um a day that I've set aside to fish, uh, nothing's going on. I can get out. I'll heck it's, that's another thing to me. It's almost, you know, it's getting out and exploring. I'll pack lunch, pack, you know, make sure I've got enough water, this and that. And I just get out and start hiking into these spots and try and find some new, uh, new places to fish that I, or uh, that I haven't been in a while. So Brandon, we've had you on the phone for like an hour and 10 minutes. Is there mm-hmm. any, anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to? <sighs> you know, I can't think of anything right offhand. Um, 
No, I mean, I, all I can say is I know that a lot of people are looking forward to cicadas hatching the brood X yeah. this summer because <laughs> as I've been sitting here talking to y'all, I'm looking at these mounds of black and orange deer hair that are piling up. <laughs> <laughs> are you tying a ton of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's, I'm I'm trying to sort of limit in myself, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few going on right now. <laughs> Um, and I'm, and I'm making room for, for my own box too. Um, we're right on that line to where, you know, I'll be able to just drive up to where there should be the, the hatch. It's not forecasted to hit in Alabama. Like I said, I'm a few minutes away from Tennessee and can be in a lot of places there within 30 minutes or so. Um, so yeah, so I'm, that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Are, are you selling flies as well? I do not, not in like a huge, um, quantity by any means, but, uh, yeah, that's, and I always tell people this, I sell flies until it gets warm. And then (laughs) when I start fishing, it's really hard to get me to, uh, sit down at the vice except at night, you know, or if, you know, or if the water's just completely blown out. Um, once it gets warm, it's hard for me to, uh, justify you know sitting at the vice all the time so uh that's another thing keeps me busy in the winter i feel a lot of uh feel a lot of orders in the winter time and uh try to and people usually guys that order from me they know by now um just shoot me what you want in the winter and that way i can get done with it uh because i have some people will reach out in April and say, Hey, can you, uh, tie me up, uh, a dozen Dahlberg divers? I need them next week. I'm like, ah, that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm not your dude for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. So, so your class for Schultz, when, when is it and how can people get in on that? Um, it is March the 24th. It's a Wednesday. Uh, and, I believe from what Mike told me, guys, so it's a, let me say it's a paid class. So guys will call Schultz Outfitters and they can do one of two things. They can pay to just watch the class or they can pay and uh, Greg Senio, Mike, one of the guys will put together a tying kit and send it out to you. That way you can watch and tie you know while while the class is going on so they they have two different options that they're doing um on their zoom classes and uh i think it's pretty unique i mean it seems to be working well for them i think this they do it on wednesdays i think this wednesday is uh it's mike schmidt is this wednesday and like i said mine's the the second to the last wednesday in march so it's like the 24th i believe is this the um, virtual? Yeah, they bar- can just give Mike a call at the shop. Is this the virtual bar flies? Is that what this? Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, um, not. This is sort of. I don't know if they're calling it the the virtual or the side bar flies. I'm not sure if it's that. It's. Um, it may be. Uh, don't quote me on that for sure. But I just know, like you know, Corey, uh, he does classes almost weekly. Um, I, I think those are the, the virtual classes that, that specifically for the shop, but this was like the class I'm doing every, 
Wednesday, they bring in like a new tire, like they had Rich Strawless, and they, uh, like I said, this week's Mike Schmidt. Um, several different guys they asked to come on and just do sort of like a pattern that's unique to them that maybe people want to learn. And, uh, th- but that has still that same format as what they're doing throughout the week where you pay to watch or you pay for a kit and a watch. So it's still along the same lines. Yeah, that is pretty unique, though. I, mm-hmm. I like that, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great interview, and we've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, man, thank you all for having me. Thanks for reaching out. I've really enjoyed it. Dueling cracks. That was We're going to drink and drink and drink a fight. <laughs> Flogging? No, buck, buck 09. Hmm. So uh, before we get to the topic that we made us play that song. Like drink and drink a fight? Yeah, drink and drink and fight. Um, uh, this week, my son and I were home by ourselves. Ash wasn't around at all, at all. And him and I started just playing some music, like songs that he's learned that he likes. And then like we were going back and forth. And he played uh, Lesson Jake's All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. And I was like, all right, let's play Rascal Kings by um, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And he's like, I like this too. So he likes the, the bands with the horns. The, the ska music, man. Yeah, this song reminded me of that. So we might have to um, have a bed of ska music. Oh, I love ska. Love all of it. So why are we drinking, 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 drinking fight, Jay? What, what happened last evening? Oh, I drink it, drink it, drink it, drink it, and watched a bunch of fights. Yeah, you know the only there's only one problem. I love you, love UFC. I've talked about it on here before. Like I do, it's great. They had three title fights last night, so how'd you get it? Cuz came in, dad came over, passed out on the couch. <laughs> he was he was drinking, 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 and he didn't get to watch too many fights, and he, he watched them through his eyelids. You know? Uh, did, did you guys have to be quiet so you didn't? Awaken the old man. Dude, my dad could <laughs> sleep through a fucking hurricane. There was no, like, I mean, literally, hurricane could be happening. House could be flying away. Rick would still be snoring. <laughs> Louder than Chad. <coughs> it's quite possible. He has more uh, more practice at it. He does. <clears throat> but, yeah, it was a good time. They're just t- they're too late. They're just on too late, man. That'd be, it'd be nice if they actually put them on at a normal time so I can get a nice... Like prime time, like 8.30. Yeah, you know, you're up, they start at 10, you're, the, the title fight's not even on until 1 o'clock in the morning, damn near. So now you're like... What's well, that, like Vegas, though, is it? West Coast? So it was yeah. in Vegas this time, yeah. Three hours behind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's thing, it's three. They're in Mountain. 
right? Or are they a mountain? Uh, I think I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but so but they're they're out there, so I mean it's still it's still they could what the fuck is there to do in Vegas anyways? They could watch fights at five in the afternoon. Who gives a shit? There's no clocks in Las Vegas. No, you just it can happen whenever. Well and the thing is that's in the apex too. There's no there are no spectators at the show live or at the fights live. They're like fighting with no no fans. You're just walking to the ring, it's real quick, it's were there were there fans at the McGregor fight? In Abu Dhabi, they might have yeah, some fans. That was a, I think some, but I don't think there were... It, it was just like family of the fighters and stuff, and they they had all been in a bubble before the fight. Yeah, because the Apex... I, there wasn't many people in the Apex last night. Good fights, though. Man Nunez. Nobody knows who that chick is. She is bad as fuck. Like, she <laughs> is a bad chick. She has two belts, and she defends two belts at the same time. Oh. That's, that's, like, impossible. No, no male has even done that. They've they've got two belts at once, but they've never defended both successfully multiple times. And she's went up against a six foot tall chick and she's a little smaller, probably five eight, five nine, whatever. She just oh my gosh. She punches like a dude. Like if she punched one of us, our faces would just crumble to pieces immediately. We'd fall in the fetal position and get slaughtered. I just hate the look of white girls with cornrows. That's who, that girl got punched in the that girl with the white girl with the cornrows got her well, face pounded in. They, they all have cornrows. That's how oh, they, yeah. they keep the hair out of their face. Yeah, well that and they don't want to. Then you can't grab it. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> but oh man, she hit her one time, and as soon as that girl felt that punch, like the punch of Amanda Nunez, <laughs> like a chick. Oh my gosh, just amazing fighter. <laughs> but she oh, just immediately we're naked or no, it was armbar. Armbar. Yeah, it looked like she was going to snap her arm into pieces. Oh, awesome. So that was a fun one. Oh, one fight. I've never seen anything like this. The title actually changed. <clears throat> Not that anybody gives a shit on, you know, that's listening, but a legal knee to the head. Dude was a downed opponent, and, I mean, he took a fucking knee to the head that just, like, he Lights was out. he was laying there. He actually won the title. They disqualified the other guy for the illegal hit, took his belt away, and gave it to... The dude that was laying there, he could, he could, he tried getting up and like stumbled and fell back over. Couldn't like, couldn't get his bearings about him to even keep fighting. And this was like, he was getting dominated too. This was like minute and a half left in the fifth round or fourth round or something. Like, it was going the other guys. Oh man, I've never. That's insane. But he just couldn't take his foot off the gas pedal. He, he yelled at his corner. He asked, "Should I knee or should I knee?" And uh, said, "Yep, kick him, kick him, whatever." So he need him right to the f- right to the head. I mean, it was awful. <laughs> oh, it just it was brutal looking. Like, oh my gosh! Like that guy's gonna have a hard time reading stories to his kids when <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two yeah. years. Oh yeah, <laughs> look, it was. He should have just started yeah. swinging punches. He's got a dent in his dome. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, th- I swear, like, cleaned half his afro off. <laughs> <laughs> Russian guy. Uh, I think he's Russian. He d- he sure as hell wasn't speaking English. I'll tell you that. So what do they charge for them? Uh, I was sixty four. That bad? No. So no, and if you have three families there, it's twenty bucks a family. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't bad. So we had a if, good time. If Mayweather was the only one in the stands, it'd have been one eighty. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, and it's funny because like McGregor pulls the same kind of like probably the same kind of numbers for people buying it, and. He, no championships on the line at all, you know. 
they have to put three championships on a card just to pull the numbers that pull the, he pulls the viewers by himself. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was it was enjoy I was enjoyable. There's a few good undercards. Uh, you know, even the first, even the early prelims, the the mats already just bloodied. There's just blood everywhere, all over the mat. My my cousin got there a little bit later. You know, right when like the like the pay per view was about to start. He's like, man, somebody got bloody earlier. I'm like, oh yeah, it was a good one. Dude was oh, face crushed. Then he was on the mat getting his face rubbed into the mat. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> kind of like I do with my son to give him carpet burn on it, his cheek. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. What a, oh. <laughs> Couldn't do it personally. but Oh, no. I get super pissed if someone punched me in the face. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Like, what no, the fuck was that for? <laughs> oh, e- even worse is like if they gave you a, f- like a, a leg kick. Oh, if somebody kicks me in the fucking thigh really, or in the, in, oh. right in the, sh- or in the you know, calf it's really like hard. Charlie Horse, dude, would just, oh, oh yeah. I take. 20 minutes for it to finally go away. Or, or another one's when they, like, get you up against the cage and they, like, stomp your foot. They do, like, the foot <laughs> yeah. stomp and shit, know. you know what I mean? Or, like, knee to the thigh. If you knee me in the back of the thigh, oh, I come on, be asshole. so fucking... <laughs> come on, who the fuck is that? Like, oh, my God, this is... What are you doing? Hey, quit it. <laughs> Eat this whole tomato one bite, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd be on the ground crying again. Yeah. I, I would not be a good fighter. No. <laughs> stop <laughs> it. God damn it, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> One punch to your big belly and it'll all be over. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd, I'd ex- Jenny for lunch. I'd explode. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'd be like old Tank or Abbott. Or you just shit yourself right now. Right <laughs> that's my finishing move. <laughs> the West Middlesex <laughs> steamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys are... Oh, wait. Is this thing still on? I think so. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the best one you've had in a while. Oh, man. Better than the Lane Bryant yeah, Popper? Yeah, better than oh, Lane Bryant Popper. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, do we have anything else we want to talk about, guys? We're going to call that in your next upstream crap. <laughs> Jed's going up to the West Middle Sex Street. <laughs> you know, just the weather's starting to change a little bit here. I Getting know. longer days. It's, it feels good. Uh, this whole week's going to be pretty nice, you know. Yeah, man. Week after, like we were talking about work, it's going to kind of go back down a little. But, you know, it's, it's ebbing up into the 60s, upper 50s now. And, man, I, I'm, I'm getting pumped. I can't wait for spring. We're getting our spring water. Hopefully it gets the water table set right so we don't go super low, super clear. Well, i tell you what, to the end of the next week, it's showing all warm, but it's showing all rain, too. And if we yeah. get that much rain, we may want to start poking up in where them bike are going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because they very oh, yeah. well may be starting to make their way up in, too. It'll be something we can at least go get out and get something going. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. Fun's fun. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I got a fish. Hey, you know. never know. There may be some wipers up in there with them, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wipers. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably ready to get moving. Oh, soon. They got to be here soon. They'll never quit eating. No. No, just got to find them, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we got to do is got to find them. <laughs> so. Hey, tonight's show brought to you by Predator Flag Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlagGear.com. Yeah, your X-Hooks. Find me at RexHooks.com. Sims Fishing. SimsFishing.com. Tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Queen City Guiding. QueenCityGuiding.com. Check out Why Not in their fish wrap, The Dock.
much you said, but I can't work in fast food all my life.